Good morning, and we welcome you to our devotions here at Church of the Palms. Let us begin with some reflective music. Today's scripture comes to us from Esther, chapter 8, verses 1 through 8, and verses 15 through 17. Hear now the word of the Lord. On that day, King Ahasuerus gave to Queen Esther the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews, and Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what he was to her. Then the king took off his signet ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. So Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. Then Esther spoke again to the king. She fell at his feet, weeping and pleading with him to avert the evil design of Haman the Agagite and the plot that he had devised against the Jews. The king held out the golden scepter to Esther and Esther rose and stood before the king. She said, if it pleases the king, and if I have won his favor, and if the thing seems right before the king, and I have his approval, let an order be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman, son of Amedatha the Agagite, 
which he wrote giving orders to destroy the Jews who are all in the provinces of the king. For how can I bear to see the calamity that is coming on my people? Or how can I bear to see the destruction of my kindred? Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew, See, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and they have hung him on the pole because he plotted to kill the Jews. You may write as you please with regard to the Jews in the name of the king and seal it with the king's ring, for an edict written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked. Then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king wearing royal blue robes and white with a great golden crown and a mantle of fine linen and purple while the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. For the Jews there was light and gladness, joy and honor. In every province and in every city, wherever the king's command and his edict came, there was gladness and joy among the Jews, a festival and a holiday. Furthermore, many of the peoples of the country professed to be Jews because of the fear of the Jews had fallen upon them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Guide us, O God, as we reflect upon your word. May your spirit fill us with new life and transform us as we grow through the words read and the words to come. Amen. Well, from the book of Esther, we have kept one tradition alive. It's the festival of Purim. It's one that has survived in the Jewish tradition until now. The festival of Purim celebrates the freedom of the Jews from Haman, who had an evil plot against them. And even though the book is more of a historical fiction, it is a book that shows the transformative power of God in how each person mentioned goes through a transformation of some sort. Esther, a Hebrew woman, becomes the queen of Persia. Mordecai, Easter's Jewish cousin, is nearly put to death and he ends up wearing royal colors. Haman aspires to be close to the king and he wants to kill the Jews. And finally, he's the one being put to death by the king's order. All characters go through some sort of surprising transformation, which is God's power in the world through the Holy Spirit. It's interesting to read this story that is timeless in the light of the events that are happening in England with the queen's death in the past couple of weeks. I think that watching the royalty that we still see in few countries today helps us imagine a time like Esther. Watching on the television the events in the UK almost seems surreal. We saw in the past two weeks so many services, so many processions, so many rituals that are executed so perfectly, remembrances throughout, Every flower uprooted from the earth, it seems, to adorn the major landmarks of the United Kingdom. We watch in awe. We probably all wonder if this can last, seeing how much more modern our world has become. But also taking a moment to try to understand the customs and to read a bit more about history or watch The Crown. I imagine we have all kinds of opinions on monarchy and 
Is it still relevant today or do we seek to bury traditions with the past? I suppose that that's the world is constantly doing, changing while holding on to the past. The church is similar with our desire to hold on to what is familiar and at the same time working with the need to stay current. Well, I received a sign that moving forward gently is a good idea while I was traveling to Scotland last summer. I was on vacation in Scotland and on the first Sunday I spent there, I looked for a Presbyterian church and found the Free Presbyterian Church of Scotland. Had I asked more questions on Google, I would have quickly found out that the Presbyterian Church here is actually the equivalent of the Church of Scotland. I did not know that, so I marched myself in the Inverness Free Presbyterian Church of Scotland. The usher, dressed in black, which reminded me of our church, looked at me strangely and he even chuckled after I mentioned that I was coming from Florida. Hmm, that was a bit concerning. He handed me their Bible and the book of Psalms saying that that's the only music they sing. He asked me where I wanted to be seated. Well, the back, I quickly said, like a good Presbyterian. He led me to the second wooden pew from the end. It was about 10 minutes before the service would start. I was hoping to meet fellow church members, but it was very silent. No gathering music, no prelude, no talking. There was a father with two young children in front of me, and I was excited when the little girl turned toward me. I was ready to make silly faces and make her smile. Instead, the five or six-year-old child looked at me with very judgmental eyes, staring me up and down. And she kept turning back and looking at me the whole service. My smiling face did not impress her. I then took a better look around me and I was horrified to find out that every woman there was wearing a hat, a high collared shirt, a skirt, hose and closed toed shoes. Though I would have fit in every church in America on Sunday morning with my dress and my cardigan, I looked like I was coming off the streets in that church. I looked down and tried to disappear. I figured that the children would become disruptive after a while, but no, they were carefully jotting down words from the sermon. A sermon that began 10 minutes after we sang a couple of psalms and ended nearly 90 minutes later. And it was all about one verse in the Bible. The Free Presbyterian Church of Scotland never moved forward from the 1800s. Although there was some strange beauty in the starkness and in the discipline of my fellow churchgoers on that Sunday and in the rigor of the service, I realized that moving forward is important. It had me reflect on the traditions we hold dear to our heart, to the rituals that are timeless, and to the new things we bring to worship, sometimes even without realizing they are new. What are the traditions that you hold on to dearly, whether in the church or in your family? 
And what changes are you happy to see when you see them? If you feel like sharing with me, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Send me an email or a text and let's talk about it. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for traditions that help us honor all the saints that have come before us. We pray that we can continue to uphold traditions that connect us to our past, always while listening to the spirit that moves in the world, the spirit that makes us aware of injustices that some of these traditions may hold. We give you thanks for the book of Esther and for the ways you do impossible things through people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.